on that note and further evidence of a declining mind, I think I'll start the, start the lesson. <laughs> okay, as we continue our study through eschatology, that's the end times for those of you that have forgotten. The coming earthly kingdom of Messiah, I, I, I chose that long title because I didn't want to say the second coming part 13. <laughs> I figured stop at 12, it's a biblical number, you know, 13, you know. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. <clears throat> I'm going to read that to get us going here. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the abyss, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the abyss, and shut it and sealed it over him, so that he, that he should not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. And I saw thrones, and... And they sat upon them, and the judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark upon their forehead and upon their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. And when the thousand years are, are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and he will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they came upon the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and, beloved, and the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil, who deceived them, was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they were tormented day and night forever and ever. Sounds like a lot, but this really isn't that much unless you go back and dig into some of the details, which we may at a later date. First of all, back to chapter, excuse me, chapter, verse 1. There's that mental thing again. <clears throat> the abyss. The abyss, quite frankly, is just a, is a term given to a, a prison for fallen angels. Uh, look at 1 Peter chapter 3. We've seen this, I believe, a while back. In our studies coming up, First Peter chapter three, verses nineteen and twenty. I know. I, I'm, I'm accounting. I'm giving extra time for the lack of the table and other modern conveniences. <laughs> three nineteen and twenty. Let me go back. I'll pick up 18 to set the context a little bit. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he also, he went, made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. So, well, who are these spirits? Well, verse 20, who were once disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through 
the water. Now, what's that talking about? We, we studied this a while back. Um, and 1 Peter 2.4 and Jude 6 also speaks of that, this instance where, remember the, the sons of God interacted with the daughters of men? And you go through, we're not going to go through that whole deal again, but uh, it was determined, and I still believe it, that those were actually demonic creatures taking on human form who cohabitated with women, and because they left their first estate, they were put into the abyss, and that's where they still are. And um, <clears throat> this same abyss is where Satan is going to be thrown. And it's now this abyss is like a holding tank for angels. It's not the lake of fire. It's something else. Okay? And um, so I'm just going to leave it. Unless you've got any questions, you want to see? Yes. Oh, we're not studying First Peter. No. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, uh, <clears throat> there's a few thoughts on that. My, my personal opinion is, because we're not specifically told, it just says he preached to the spirits that were in that abyss. Okay? My, what I believe he did was preached victory over them. Because <clears throat> we're not really specifically told. I, that's what I believe. He preached victory over them. I mean, no Satan... No, no, no. You lost. We win. See you later. I mean, I think it was, yeah. And a lot of people say he's, you know, people say, well, you know, he actually went to hell and all this. It's like, no, 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 no. I mean, there's that teaching going on out there that that Christ actually went to hell, you know, during those those three days and three nights. And no, no way, you know, and spent time there. No, his judgment was on the cross. And when that was, when he said it is finished, it was finished. Okay? And so then uh, when he died, his spirit left his body, and I believe he went down there, proclaimed victory, and then on the third day reunited with his body and rose from the dead. Being, which we're going to get into later on this lesson, being the first fruits for us. Okay? His resurrection makes our resurrection sure. Okay? And so... That's what that's all. That's what I believe that's all about. And the, that's the short version. What's that? Yeah. Well, in the correlation, when he said on the cross, it is finished. It's done. It's Complete. Done. Complete. There's, there's no... Any old... Uh, any old uh, evangelism explosion students out there? Okay. E.E. It is, it, is, it is finished. To tell us die. Remember? That was one of those terms that was used in business. It would be like you get your, you pay for something and they stamp it, paid in full. That's how that word was used, paid in full, done. It was done. It was accomplished there. Okay, and then back to Revelation 20. <clears throat> Verse 10, and it says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone. See that? When he comes back, a thousand, after the thousand years over, he comes back. Messes up the nations again, and then he's tossed into the lake of fire. And we'll get that, hopefully, here shortly. Now, <clears throat> the reign of the saints, verses 4 through 6. We're back in Revelation 20. Now, the reign of the saints. Now, first thing we need to point out that Jesus Christ will be king over the earth. 
you're going to see terms like kings and stuff show up. But he is going to be, in that thousand-year period, he is going to be the one and only king of the earth. There is going to be, and I'm thinking next week might be a good time to say, okay, what's going actually going to go on in that millennial kingdom? What does it look like? You know, and so we'll be visiting places like, you know, there's a lot of passages in Isaiah, for example, that talk about that kingdom. And I think it's important to go there because that, that, the kingdom is often mixed up with actual the new heaven and new earth. And they're, they're, they're two different things. They're two different time frames. The new heaven and new earth pops up after the, the thousand year reign. So the thousand years, there is no salvation then either, correct? There's no salvation during the 1,000 years either. No I longer. believe there is. There is going to be. Yes. Okay. Because the people that walk into sheep and the goats, there's, there's people that walk into that, that kingdom from that were, remain alive, that made it alive out of the tribulation period. And they're going to have kids. It's 1,000 years. You have a lot of children in 1,000 years. And those people are not going to be, those people that walk in, um, <clears throat> they're not going to be like us, the church, who are, we walk in in our resurrected bodies. We're cool. <laughs> Israel is saved. They're fine. We read that in the, the New Covenant when, because that's the time when all those promises come true. The Abrahamic Covenant, the Davidic Covenant, the New Covenant, where their heart of stone is replaced with the heart of flesh. Israel will not sin again either. But there's a whole bunch of Gentiles that come in there. And that's why you'll see when, when Satan comes back, who is he going to deceive? The nations. He won't be deceiving Israel. He'll be deceiving the nations. See, Israel at that point is redeemed along with the church. And uh, we will be, as the church, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but it'll make it quicker when I get there. Uh, we will be reigning with Christ and having some kind of authority doing something and you'll have to wait and see what that is. We don't know. Could be saved at that time? They'll be looking back at the cross? Saved? I mean, well, the gospel is the gospel is the gospel. It doesn't change. doesn't change. They'll be saved the same way we were. By faith in the sacrifice, the person, but by, by believing in the person work of Christ that repentance and all everything that is involved in our salvation will be involved in theirs and it's even more so because they'll have Christ there in person right and he wouldn't have to rule with a rod of iron if everybody was saved right see so it's, it's a, again it's another Gosh, do I dare say dispensation? That freaks people out. But it's another. <laughs> it's it's definitely another period of time where where God interacts with mankind a little differently than He does today, and differently than He did in the Old Testament, and differently than He did prior to the law. You know, they're, they're, He He does, He works. He has worked differently. Same God, same gospel, but He just works differently, and that that. Uh, the, tri the tribulation period definitely worked differently with people. But uh, anyway, we're only just a little bit off the track. But I'll, I'll pause. We'll be in Zechariah a little bit later. Zechariah 14.9 specifically says the Messiah is going to be the one and only God. 
Okay. Now the saints will reign with Christ with authority. And again, individually, I couldn't tell you. Um, <clears throat> where it says, verse 4, it talks about thrones. And um, where it says, I saw thrones, and, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. <clears throat> That's it. That's all we're told. So thrones, again, symbolizes judicial and political authority. Remember, this is going to be a major government. Christ is king. It's, it's going to be a monarchy. Christ being king, but he's going to have governors and what have yous out there, mayors, pick your favorite term. Those people are going to be out there. It's a worldwide kingdom. I mean, just go back to remember Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Daniel 9. This is a worldwide kingdom run by the Messiah. So, and his people are going to be his people out there. He's not going to have a bunch of unsaved underlings out there. It's going to be, I believe it's going to be the the Old and New Testament saints. So, it's not clear to me, if, is that going to be the saints ruling with Christ on the earth? Or is that <clears throat> No, this, the thousand year reign is on this earth that you see, that we're sitting on right now. Now, it's going to be refurbished, but it's not the new heaven and new earth. That's different. That comes later. Okay, but it's going to be refurbished. It's going to be much like the Garden of Eden. How's that? Remember, the, the desert will blossom like a rose. All those passages. But that's next week. Or maybe the week after, if you keep with these questions. <laughs> so, if it's a garden, and it's, you know, if it's like that, and the saints are there, mm-hmm. um, I don't understand how they then be subjected again to sin. The saints wouldn't be. But the, there's <clears throat> the Gentiles in there too. Yes, the, Genti- the Gentiles that make it through that, yeah. the sheep and the goat judgment, they make it through. Okay. They, but they're, they're, not, they're not died and re- risen again. They're come through like us, okay? They're going to they're gonna be out there. Th- and the, see, we're getting way ahead. Lifespans are going to be longer. It's kind of going to go back, like, you know, to the days of Abraham and well, actually before him, Noah. You know, there's passages of you know someone that dies at a 150 or something like that is it considered dying as a child? I mean, there's there's we'll get into that, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be the conditions, living conditions, in terms of the earth, <clears throat> are going to be much like. Uh, in the old days where people lived six, seven, eight hundred years old. It's a thousand year reign. And we saw a little bit of the um, <clears throat> refurbishing a couple of weeks ago. Remember in Zechariah? We read out of Zechariah. And, uh, and also in the uh, bowl judgments where that big earthquake shook everything and it flattened out the stuff. And the, like in Israel, the only thing sticking up was where Jerusalem was, everything else, all the hills were flattened out, the islands fled away, remember that passage? And then we read in, in Zechariah, when he comes back and he stands on the Mount of Olives, it's split, and the river came out of there. Well, see, all this stuff is working together, and so um, <clears throat> the, the whole topography of the, the world has changed. And so it's going to go, and, thing, and things are going to be new in that sense, but it's not really new, like new heaven and new earth, it's just going to be made better 
It's going to be made better because sin will be down, but it will slowly make a comeback because, again, unsaved people will be in there populating the earth, and some will be saved, some will not. And as we read, when Satan is freed, he will come out and deceive the nations, verse 8, which are in the four corners of the earth, and they're assigned the name Gog and Magog. So, I think we're going to have to cover that then next week, maybe a couple of weeks. Just a quick question. You know in uh, Romans 13 that it talks about the governing body of the world currently and how it has a tendency to do what evil men do. Mm-hmm. When this happens where he comes to rules and reigns for a thousand years and his, his saints go out and rule and reign with him, mm-hmm. isn't that Yeah, well, that governmental system will be obviously perfect because number one, it'll be ruled by the perfect king. Um, it was just like the, the Old Testament law was perfect. But the big problem is mankind is not, and so therefore, you know, the law. Basically, with the law, the big accomplishment of the law is to prove that we're all sinners. <laughs> that was the number one accomplishment. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it'll be the perfect law. But, again, there's going to be people out there that are sinners in need of salvation. And it's almost like, I mean, you read this, it's almost like they're just waiting for somebody to come down and help them rebel. You know, they're, they're probably just fuming inside because, Christ is on the throne ruling with a rod of iron. You get out of line, whap. <laughs> you know, iron hurts. It'll leave a mark. Okay. Uh, the thrones. Now, we do have some in... Let's look at Matthew 19, just to get an idea, and this is just an idea. Matthew 19, 27 and 28. Peter said and answered to him, that would be Jesus, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then, what then will be for us? You know? And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that you have followed me in, in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, okay, and you will sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, what does that entail? No, don't know. They don't know either. I mean, it's just a lot of these things are just said, and it's one of those. And I have no problem. Just I, I don't. I don't. It bugs me sometimes when you hear people preach on these, te- preach and teach on these passages. They start making them. Well, I think that. No, just we don't know. We'll just wait and see. Wait and see. Besides. Not being one of the twelve apostles, I don't need to know anyway. <laughs> so it, it it doesn't matter. It we'll just wait and see. And then look at First Corinthians six. Does anyone does anybody know when he has a again here now that the the con, the, uh, the uh, conversation here is about uh, Christians taking each other to court rather than 
dealing with it in a godly man, dealing with a problem in a godly manner within the church. Does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Now that is us. <laughs> okay, First Corinthians, it's church, that's us. Okay. And <clears throat> if the world is judged by you, are you not competent to consult the smallest law, law scores? It says, do you, do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more... <clears throat> how much more matters of life? I mean, it's like, you know, hey, it's like you guys fighting about this stuff, arguing about this, taking each other to court. You know, hey, you guys are going to be judging. If the again, I look at it this way, if the Corinthians are going to be judging things, hey, we got a shot too, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, no. Wait, and again, what exactly does that entail? I have no idea. I have no idea. I feel we're all going to have some kind of job. Maybe you run an ice cream truck. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we, we just, we're just not told. But, I, but you figure we will, we will be representing, whatever we do, just like today, actually, we will be representing the King of Kings. We'll be representing the King of Kings. And then Revelation 1.6 and as he and and he is and he was has made us to be a kingdom of priests to his God and Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Who's he talking to right there? In one six church. This is the introduction to the to the letters of the seven churches, um, the church. So again, uh, king. What what was the what was the function of a priest? A go between, between. God and man. The, the priest had to go in and do the sacrifices. Man could not. Okay? And then, now when that was, remember the, at the crucifixion, that great big thick curtain was rent from top to bottom? Okay? Now we have direct access as believers. We will function as priests in that kingdom. We will be the go-betweens between Christ, our King, God, and man. We will have a function out there, and it'll be a very important function, I'm, I'm quite sure. And then, of course, back in Revelation 20, we have the martyred tribulation saints. And uh, in verse 4, where it says, um, <clears throat> and I'll pick it up, And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark upon their forehead and upon their, their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Okay. Again, they came to life and what reigned with Christ for a thousand years. They just didn't exist. They reigned with him. They're part of the government. And then Old Testament saints... In Ezekiel 37, okay, 37, 24, and 25. Now again, this is uh, getting talking about the. I don't know if you're familiar with the vision of the uh, the Valley of Dry Bones. I used to, we used to live there, 40 in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> we, 
but uh, the the picture here is, uh, you know, a valid bunch of dead bones there, and they just and they're all of a sudden brought back to the other and and brought back to human form. That's 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 talking about the uh, the, the reuniting of Judah and Israel to one nation again, and in that uh, and you go through there now you get to twenty four is talking about the Davidic. When this happens, and again, this is the time frame we're studying here in Revelation. Uh, I mean, that all started in the tribulation period. You know, the church being gone prior to the tribulation period, God turns his attention back to Israel and brings Israel back to himself. Remember, that tribulation period, going way back to some lessons we had earlier, is Daniel's 70th week. Remember that? So, church is that parentheses between week 69 and week 70. Now removed, attention goes back to the Israel, brings it back, and he's, now this, as it's coming, he's going through that, he says, and my servant David will be king over them. Now king here is a generic term, could be ruler, it, okay, could be, it's a term, it could be translated ruler, governor, okay. Uh, keep going, I think it'll explain it right here in the same passage. And they will have, and they all will have one shepherd. Okay, that's the Zechariah fourteen nine, the one and only King. And they will walk in my ordinances and keep my statutes. See, in that when that happens, in the millennium, Israel, in total, will be saved. And we'll go into that more when we next week. Um, <clears throat> and they shall live on the land that I gave to Jacob, my servant. Hmm. Jacob. Now, remember, who was Jacob? Okay, his name was changed to Israel. The son of Isaac, the son of Abraham. This is going back and even touching upon that Abrahamic covenant, because all these covenants is when they all come together for fulfillment. All those promises. That's why I can't be an amillennialist or a postmillennialist because that says, <laughs> sorry, Abe, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Church took your place. Sorry. Nope, doesn't work that way. <laughs> uh, and they shall live on the land, and I'll give Jacob my servant in which your fathers lived, and they will live on it, and they and their sons and their sons' sons forever. Forever. They're going to live on that. That promise is it's a forever promise. They're going to live on that forever. And when we look at that thousand-year reign, that's the first thousand years of forever, okay? And then that's going to be upgraded by the new heaven and new earth. And we'll, like I say, we'll get into that when we get it. And David, my servant, will be their prince forever. Okay. And so now I'll make a covenant, a peace and everlasting covenant with them. And there it is. Well, like I say, we'll, these are the kind of things we'll be getting to more next time. And then verses 5 and 6, it talk, that talks about that first resurrection. And that first resurrection refers to all who are the saints of God for all ages. All ages. I mean, from Adam right on through to the last person saved <laughs> in, the, in the millennial kingdom. That is the saints. That is the they, All those people is called the first those are the people of the first resurrection. Now, the first resurrection um, comes in two parts. 
the resurrection of the church, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15. Do we need to go back to those passages to talk about that at the rapture? Remember that? We did a whole lesson on that where they're taken up. The church-age saints, remember those who are alive and remain will be caught up with those who have passed on and will all meet the Lord in the air. See, that's not the second coming either. That's totally different event and uh, that's why you don't read about the rapture in the old testament at all number one paul said it's a mystery but the same thing is and you don't read about it in in revelation either because it's already happened it's already happened okay that's why you don't find it anywhere but in uh, really thessalonians first corinthians it's alluded to i believe in at the uh discourse at the uh, evening where it says uh, I'll go to prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself, receive I think that's uh, Bill, receive I think is paralambano, isn't it? Where you just, boom, they're just grabbed just snatched away <laughs> that's pretty good for this, for this coconut, anyway and then we saw in verse 4 of chapter 20, Revelation, that You've got the New Testament saints, and then the next resurrection is, the, I believe, the tribulation saints that we just read about in, in 20 verse 4, and I believe at the same time, the Old Testament saints are also raised. Because again, they fall under that same, the Old Testament saints and the tribulation saints have a lot in common. They are believers, many of them Jews, in that tribulation period which is the 70th week of Daniel. All of those 70 weeks, uh, the angel told Daniel, are determined upon your people. Who are Daniel's people? Jews. Israel. Okay? So it's the same group. So they're, they're kind of, we kind of lump them together because they, they are together. Even the Gentiles that are saved in the tribulation, they're, they're of that group. The church member is gone. They're gone. We're already, by the time these fellows are, are in verse 4 of chapter 20, are resurrected, they beheaded the martyred saints, we're already, we've been in, we've been in heaven for seven years with our new resurrected bodies. See? So it's a whole different group. Let's look at Daniel 12. And uh, I think we're going to finish this and go into the, the uh, kingdom next week. It doesn't look like we're going to get it all done today. Somebody said I was. Somebody, somebody says I was was wishful thinking on my part, but anyway. <clears throat> Daniel twelve one to three. Now again, know the time frame. All right, we're at the, we're in the end times here in Daniel twelve. That's what he's speaking about. Now at that time, Michael the great prince that would be Michael the archangel, who stands guard over the sons of your people, be Israel again will arise and there will be a time of distress such as <clears throat> such as never occurred since there there was a nation. Can you imagine that? Well that's what Jesus said in, 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 in the Olivet Discourse says this is a time like the world has never seen, and unless those days be shortened, right? Until the time and, and at that time your people, that'd be Israel again, everyone who was found oh, oh my God everyone 
who is found written in the book will be rescued. Wow. Who's this angel? Was this angel Gabriel again? I think I think he's a Calvinist. But anyway, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life. But to the others, to disgrace and everlasting contempt. We just read that in Revelation. We just read that in Revelation. And that's true. Um, see, that's why this is the first resurrection. Why? Because it's, it's called the first resurrection even though it's in two parts, because the first resurrection involves those who believe. The second resurrection involves those who do not believe, who have rejected the gospel in any era they lived in. From, we can start with Cain and just move right on through. You know, um, and they, that second resurrection, that's the one you don't want to be part of. Because that's for that's a resurrection unto judgment. This one's a resurrection unto eternal life and rewards. I mean, just keep reading in verse three. And those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Boy, they, did they have Old Testament evangelists? They might have, huh? It's Daniel, this is way before the church. You know what that tells me? Old Testament saints get rewarded also. Just like New Testament saints. Maybe that's something we should talk about next week as well. Um, <clears throat> and then I, there's two other passages I want to look at because we're almost done anyway. We'll stop there. Um, but Isaiah 26, we're very close. Because a lot of folks mistakenly think that there was no understanding or no teachings concerning the resurrection in general. You know, uh, some of the first century people would be like the Sadducees, for example. As one old Sunday school teacher used to say, the Sadducees denied their resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. Yeah, okay, yeah, I know. And that's the end of the cornball routine. All right. <laughs> All right, Isaiah 26:19 says, "Your dead will live, their corpses will rise. You who lie in the dust, awake and shout for joy, for your dew is, is as the dew of the dawn, and the earth will give birth to the departed spirits. There is and will be a resurrection. And then Job 19. One of, one of my favorites, just I, I, I like the wording of it. Job nineteen, twenty-five through actually twenty-seven a the first half. Oh, how did I wind up in Psalm nineteen? Okay, nineteen twenty-seven twenty-five through twenty-seven says, as and as for me. I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he will take his stand on the earth. Wow. What? That kind of sounds like New Testament stuff. He will, as at last, he will stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed. Yet from my flesh, I shall see God. Wait a minute. 
even after my flesh is destroyed, yet I will see God. Well, verse 27 says, Whom I myself shall behold, and whom my eyes shall see, and not another. And there's actually in a period there, so I'll just stop right there. Job was counting, he knows his Redeemer lives, and because he knows his Redeemer, he knows he will one day be resurrected and know and see his Redeemer face to face. That's what this is teaching us. That's tremendous truth, tremendous Old Testament truth. But Job, perhaps, perhaps, we don't know, this may be the oldest book we have, but it definitely dates back the internal evidence kind of at least around the time of Abraham, maybe even a little sooner than that, but just in that area, okay? And some think maybe Moses wrote this one too. We don't know. Nobody knows for sure who wrote Job, but a tremendous book. And we already said, Jesus, the first fruits, and um, the rest of the dead, they're going to wind up at the great white throne judgment, which they're not going to think it's so great, I'll tell you. But, uh, and... We'll look at that next week, namely because we're out of time. We have to. So let's, uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. We thank you for your word. And most especially, Lord, we thank you for the grace that you've extended to us. And again, Lord, may we be worthy servants of yours in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.